Welcome back to Train to Win, the podcast produced by the Association for Talent Development, Houston Chapter, inspiring talent development professionals to achieve their full potential. Hey, it's Bruce Abbott, VP of Marketing and Communications for the ATD Houston Chapter. And yes, it has been a while since we have done a podcast. It has been crazy. We have been very busy trying to get our fall conference going. Of course, it was uh, on, then off, then on, then off. Then we had to change a few dates. You know, it's COVID, and we want to make sure that all of our members and attendees of the conference are safe. And so, safety first. So sometimes that uh, makes things a little crazy. But we finally got this down, and we have a great virtual conference coming up in October. It is October 27th and 28th, the 2020 ATD Houston Talent Development Virtual Conference and Expo Keynote speaker, Brandon Carson. We've got a great list of presenters that we're still finalizing. We also have this fantastic closing keynote panel. And the theme, great talent development is future success. And we believe that that is so important. So we hope that you go to the tdhouston.org website, check out all the details. We're putting up more details. And we have an early bird registration. If you register for our conference before October 1st, 2020, Um, At this recording time, we're about the 8th of September right now as we record this podcast, but October 1st, 2020, register before that date and you get a chance to win an Apple iPad. You are entered into the drawing from all of our early bird registrants. So again, tdhouston.org, you can find out all the details. Speaking of busy, our 2020 ATD Houston president, Debbie Richards, is always busy. She seems to be speaking somewhere or teaching somewhere or leading some uh, course or speaking on a podcast. And just recently, she sat down with Betty Danowitz of the If You Ask Betty podcast. They were talking about mentoring, mentoring and learning and development, why mentoring is so important, what to look for in a mentor. Oh, yeah. And Pez Dispensers. Yeah, why not? We wanted to share that podcast with you. We asked Betty. She graciously allowed us to rebroadcast the podcast in its entirety. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Debbie Richards and Betty Danowitz. Welcome to the If You Ask Betty podcast. This podcast is designed to discuss all kinds of development topics for all kinds of learning professionals. I'm your host, Betty Danowitz, and today we're talking with Debbie Richards about mentoring in L&D. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Betty. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Could you help our listeners get to know you a little bit better? Can you give us a quick intro about you and maybe even how we met? Certainly. So um, I am based in Houston, Texas. I call myself a technology consultant. I work with enterprise companies and help them with Uh, technology challenges. So for example, I will help um, implement a learning management system or bring immersive learning into the environment or work with their teams to bring in new technologies. Um, And I've been doing this for a long time. I started my career as a computer programmer and I was a robotics programmer, but decided to start my own business back in the early 90s and started a multimedia company which then became a training consulting company. So I've been doing it for for many years, and I also speak at a lot of international conferences with the ATD Association, Association for Talent Development, the Learning Guild, 
Training Magazine, and other organizations. Where I met you, Betty, was at a conference. I actually came and uh, listened to you present. I think it was DevLearn a few years ago and was really uh-huh. impressed with your topic and what you what you talked about. I think um, you were showing augmented reality example in your organization, and I absolutely loved it. I don't know if that was the first time we met. I'm not sure. What I remember is Michael Shiashi introduced me to you in the hotel bar at the Fairmont in San Jose. I think that's the first time we officially met. Your story sounds better than mine. <laughs> it might have been at, at a realities conference or something. It may have been at realities, yeah. But um, anyways, I think it was in San Jose. But it, ever since I've been um, professionally stalking you and, and sticking close to your side, because I know that you have so much knowledge, not only with this industry, but with technology and training uh, design. And those are all the things that, you know, light up my board. So so today we are chatting about mentoring in L&D, and I knew that you would be the best person to talk about this. Uh, so I'm super stoked to talk about it with you because I know that you have definitely done some mentoring in L&D. So I want to start by clarifying what mentorship is, because I think a lot of times we confuse mentorship with coaching or even with managing people. And I think you'll agree with me that these are not synonymous terms. Let me ask you this. What does it mean to you to be a mentor, Debbie? Well, I think mentoring is more of a long-term engagement between two people, whereas coaching might be a short-term engagement. And I also think it's more informal. Um, I think it's something that um, that you go into when you're you're wanting to have somebody who can provide you relevant experience or knowledge on a topic, and you're asking them to share their expertise with you. It takes it takes time to be a really meaningful mentor, and I think one of the key things there is uh, being a really good listener and somebody who can hear people. Mm-hmm. About how many folks do you think you've mentored? over the years? Just give us like a ballpark number. Yeah, I was thinking about this. And I think informally, I've probably have mentored um, about 30 people. But there yeah. are 10 or so folks that I keep in contact with, and check in with um, on a regular basis, whether it's at a conference, or, you know, they'll be posting something on social media, and I'll, I'll congratulate them or talk to them a little bit more about what they're doing. Lots of lucky folks to have had a mentoring moment with you. I'll tell you that. Um, is there is there one particular mentoring experience that's kind of special to you? Or if you have a couple, that's fine too. Just looking for some great stories that you have. Yeah, I, I think that the biggest thing for me is when I've talked to somebody about either starting their own company or changing a role at their company or speaking at a conference. And then I'm then I see them follow through with it. That to me is the greatest reward is to know that they are taking on the challenges and that they're doing what they they've dreamed of doing. It's got to be really fulfilling to know that you had at least a small piece of helping them do that. It really is. You know, it's yeah. nothing better than than having somebody really um, shine and watching them shine. And uh, just giving and being able to give them some good feedback. Yeah, that's super helpful. Um, I know for me, I have a couple of folks, probably three that I would say are officially my mentor, you know, several other people that I go to on a regular basis, just to kind of, like you said, sort of like that 
that one-off, here's what's happening. Tell me what you know based on what you know. So, and I appreciate that as well. Do you think though, do you think that everyone should have a mentor? No, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a, it's somebody that you can you can check in with and you can help um, they can help you get unstuck because I think in our lives, in our careers, there are many times that we are stuck. And it may be because we have a conflict at work or we're not really doing what we want to be doing. We're not passionate about it or we're not sure about a direction or a way to go. And so mm-hmm. I think a mentor can really help you with that. And I think what's unique about having an L&D mentor is that a lot of people don't understand what we do at L&D. And you can't necessarily go to uh, somebody mm-hmm. in a different um, environment or someone who isn't in L&D and talk to them about certain things because they don't get us. They're not part of our tribe. And so it's, it's important to have somebody who can give you some really good relevant feedback and, and have knowledge. And I think it's also important to have somebody who is current too. Now, that doesn't mean somebody who hasn't um, been working in the field for a long time. There are a lot of people that have been working in the field for over 20 years that still are current with what's going on in Mm -hmm. theories and technologies and everything else. But you want to make sure that the mentor that you choose is someone who is going to uh, have relevance for what you're wanting to do and that they are also in tune with you with, with the kinds of things that you're working on. Um, I think there's some generalists that can give you some really good feedback, but for example, if you're thinking about getting into immersive learning, you want to find somebody who has some experience in that topic or is a, a forward thinker who can steer you on a, the right path or point you in the direction of people who can help you. Yeah, I, I completely agree with all of that. And it, it kind of leads me to the next question, which you started to answer, but how do we know when it's the right time to find or, you know, locate a mentor? And you you mentioned they help you get unstuck. So would you talk a little bit more about that? And then if is there anything, any other clues we should be looking for to know that it's the right time? Yeah, I think there are several stages that you uh, can approach mentorship. And the first is, is when you're new in the industry. So in if you're new in the industry, it's really good to connect with somebody who has experience in the area that, that you're um, interested in, and that may not be somebody in your organization. Um, and, and they can help you set your own personal goals and expectations for your progress and the things that you want to do. Um, and they can also help you um, think about how to demonstrate effective ways of communicating, planning, and working within your organization. And sometimes they are really good to discuss challenges and brainstorm solutions that you're having as you start your career. So I think it's really important to to have a mentor to to help you when you're beginning. And then when you are stuck, it's really good to have a mentor who can help you with construction uh, constructive feedback. You want somebody who um, will give it to you straight, who's not going to, to give you the BS, because you need to hear 
the you know the good stuff and mm-hmm. and they will um they may do things like um review your learning you know maybe you're developing um an instructor led course or an online course and they may review it with you and give you some pointers or help you um and and they also may um evaluate and and think about ways that you can improve what you're doing within the organization. If you're trying Mm -hmm. to to be a trendsetter or I I know a lot of times people are really frustrated because they feel like they're blocked in their organization. Um, They have certain standards and certain things, limitations, whether it be software or budget or even people within the organization. And they feel like maybe they're not they're not able to do their best work. And there are other outlets and other ways that you can do that if you're stymied within your organization. And mm-hmm. a mentor can help you with that. And, and then I think they're, they're really a good source of continued support. So when you're struggling or you need to, um, to look at other resources and development opportunities or you want to, to find out where can I find other professional development or meetings or conferences or things that you can, that you can utilize to build yourself up? A mentor is going to be really good at helping you with those things. Mm-hmm. And they will have lots of really good information. And I, and I think that's that, you know, so during your career, um, there are different points that mentorship is helpful, but, I think it's great for everybody to have a mentor, to have somebody that they can, you know, reach out to who can who can just give them a sense of belonging and then mm-hmm. also of reassurance. Yeah, and and I like that you use the word reassurance because I think we, one thing we got to make sure is clear is this this is not about validation and I, I say that because I know that a lot of folks see that word negatively. Um, while your mentor may validate some things, it's really more about they're, they're reassuring you that what you think is true about your talent is true or where you need to, where you need to improve is true. Um, I also like, you talked a little bit about how, uh, they are continuous support. And I like to think of it too, is sometimes if that mentor is in the same, if for some reason they are in the same company or the same business as you, sometimes they can also act as a sponsor. And that's a really important role. If you're trying to move up, you're trying to get some exposure to other areas of the business or to leadership, the mentor can help you with that as well. Those are excellent points. I think the most important thing that a mentor can do is actually just listen and mm-hmm. also hear what you're saying and, and then provide feedback and reassurance, like I said what you're doing. Yeah, I like that a lot. Even mentors need to be mentored sometimes. So can you tell us about a great mentoring experience that you had as sort of the mentee? Certainly. So um, there was a wonderful woman who I absolutely adored, has passed away. She passed away about five years ago. Um, And I worked with her. She was one of my clients. She worked for a big oil and gas company. And she'd worked for the company for many years. And her name was Sandy Staten. And Sandy was one of these people who um, walked into a room and it, she just lit up the room. 
And for me, it was very valuable to watch her in action and to, to watch how she approached other people because she was fearless. She traveled all over the world. She went to Russia, to South America, to the Far East. She didn't speak any of the languages. Um, she did a lot of Dale Carnegie training um, mm. for, her, for the enterprise organization she was with. And she and I had a chance to work on a project together that actually won an ATD award. And we got to, to speak at some conferences together. And she was, like I said, fearless. And she was always pushing me. She was always telling me to, to make sure that I got the recognition that I deserved and to not let people think that I didn't have the skills necessary to do the things that I did. I mean, a lot of times I was very, very quiet and I, would, um, I knew I could do the work and that I was capable of, of everything that I needed to do. But I never broadcasted that. I didn't stand mm. up and say, look at me, you know, look what I can do. I just was, a, you know, someone who would come in and, and, and like to make other people shine. And uh, one of the lessons she taught me was to make sure I shone as well. That's an awesome lesson. And I think that in our industry, especially, it's probably filled with people that are working hard to make other people shine. Right. And because we're, we're, we're very much a support industry and um, we tend to be full of, of people like you and me that are really just looking to help people become better versions of themselves. And so when that happens, typically we're always the ones shining the light and really it takes a, a mass amount of talent and dedication to be the one shining the light. So I think that's really good advice from her. Um, that's a really cool experience. What do you think makes a great mentor? What, like, so what should we be looking for in a mentor? And then where in the world do we find this person? I think a good mentor is someone who's willing to share their expertise, skills, and knowledge. And, and, I, and I think that they um, do that with their whole heart. You know, um, for me, if somebody asks me a question or they want to know about a certain part of the industry or something that I'm doing, I'm always willing to share that information with them because I feel mm -hmm. like we're all in this together and, and, you know, we help each other and we make the world a better place. And that's just, that's how I see it. You should look for a mentor, number one, that you're going to feel comfortable with and find somebody who isn't going to tell you all that they know but they're going to help you understand what they know and they're mm -hmm. going to they're going to help you um build up your skills and your resources i think um good mentors can be found in a number of places i would suggest people look in some of our associations that are tied to talent development um i'm very much involved in the Association of Talent Development, both at the national level and at the local level. I'm president of the Houston ATD chapter. And it is my absolute pleasure to connect people and to bring them together. They may not think that they need a mentor, but uh, sometimes I push them along <laughs> um, yeah. just to kind of to let them know, you know, hey, um, this is something you can do. You, you need to, you need to, 
not shy away from from doing something. Um, we get a lot of folks involved in the chapter as volunteers, and they're able to do things that are beyond learning and development. So they're they're learning skills that'll help them in business as leaders, um, mm-hmm. and they learn all sorts of other skills. And so um, ATD is a wonderful place to connect and to find mentors. The Learning Guild is another place. You know, if you can go to, uh, one day we'll be able to go again in person um, to uh, to conferences <laughs> and, and to different things and um, and meet up with people. But there are a lot of online forums and online chats. Like um, the Learning Guild has a lot of Twitter chats. Um, and some of them are standard. Like Thursday night, there's the Learn chat that you can just get on and you don't, you don't have to talk. You can just listen to people. And if you, if you, you know, see somebody who sounds interesting and that you might want to connect with and, and you think might be a good mentor for them, then reach out to them because many of those people are so willing to share and they're willing to, to, um, to give up their time and spend some time with you. So I would look at, um, look at some of those resources. The other places that I have found mentors has been in different meetup groups, you know, outside mm. of, of L&D. And it's really surprising. You don't think that um, that those folks are going to be the, the kind of folks that are going to help you with your career. But I'll give you an example. I belong to the Microsoft um, SharePoint users group. Mm. And I love SharePoint. I love SharePoint love and I and I'm a geek girl. So they have a conference every year. It's an all-day conference. And I always go and just connect with some people. And I've actually found things there that I could bring back to the LD organization um, from that. So sometimes stepping out of your wheelhouse and, mm-hmm. and looking at some other organizations, you might find people that could be mentors for you and help you in in other areas. So if you're lacking in certain technology skills and that would help you um, with what you're doing in your L&D career, I'd highly encourage you to do that because you can find those people in all sorts of organizations. And and just don't be afraid to ask. You know, um, you can ask them if you can, you know, you can get on the phone and talk. You can have a conversation, uh, a virtual cup of coffee. Um, I have a lot of people that I mentor and that's what we do is we just get together for coffee every once in a while and we just talk about what's going on and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and that helps, I think, you know, from both sides to just share some experiences and get some feedback from each other. Um, I think our community is, is really a rich and giving community mm-hmm. and you can't be afraid to, to ask people. Um, I know I'm, I'm pretty busy and, and my days are long, but if somebody reaches out to me, I will take the time to sit down and, and have a chat with them and try to give them some, some feedback, give them some, you know, some information on things that, you know, they could, they could try or look at. And I know that there are others in our community that would do the same. I agree. I think that if, if someone's a good mentor, and you reach out to them, they will give you some level of priority, not the top level, but they give you a certain level of priority. They don't push you off for three weeks 
you know, they find a way to have that 15 minute conversation because they really do want to help you. That's right. So we talked about what makes a great mentor. I think you gave us a fabulous list of that uh, and where to look for mentors. I agree with you wholeheartedly that sometimes people that are in an industry that supports L&D or that you need to know about an L&D are a great match. And often those folks are interested in learning and development, which always shocks me. I don't know why. Like, I'm super (laughs) interested in it. But whenever people are like, oh, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I'm like, really? Because it seems like at work, we're always the ones that they're like, another e-learning, you know? So it's like, oh, that's nice. So so a lot of times those people are really um, interested and it's amazing how much they can help you with that. I, um, I was thinking of two people, actually, if I can share, um, that, uh, that have mentored me over the years. One, her name is Sally Turner. She was a, she was a senior basically trainer at, uh, when I worked for the bank long ago and she's, she's been retired 10 years now and we still keep in touch. We see each other at least once a year because she was such a great mentor to me and friend. You know, she kind of started as a mentor and became a friend or started as a friend and became, I'm not sure, but nevertheless, um, she's, she's one I go to when I have, you know, I need clear thinking, right? So here's, here's what's happening. Help me see the bigger picture. And she's always there for me. Um, so she's been around, she's been for a long time, but I also recently, probably in the last year, asked someone more specifically at my current job to officially mentor me, even though she's really not even, even though she's in my line of business, she's in insurance, She's not, her name's Jennifer. She's not, she's not in L&D. And, but she also was a woman in an in an insurance industry that had been in leadership and had been there for 16 years. So she knew and understood how to navigate the waters. And so that's really sort of the expertise I was going for and really appreciated the time that I've spent with her, still stay connected to her. So, uh, so yeah, so I agree with you on all of those points. What do you think it looks like when we start that mentor relationship? You mentioned, you know, reaching out and chatting with them, but there could be some introverted folks on here that are listening that are like, I don't know what that, I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like. So can you, can you kind of describe for us what you think it might look like to reach out to a mentor and ask them to help? The big thing is, is to, Make sure that they understand what you're expecting. Um, I think one of the first things that you have to do is to have some clear expectations between the mentor and the mentee. And so you need to make sure that, um, that they understand what you're asking them to do and be confident in, in that. So um, think about some of the things that you need help with. The, the big thing is, is that you've got to have confidence and you want to make sure that the mentor that you are talking to is going to help you become self-sufficient. So mm-hmm. you, you need to approach a mentor if you think you need that help and, and let them know specifically what you need. Now, that may start a dialogue And it may take you to an entirely different place. But think about what your goals and your expectations are from a mentor um, are before you reach out to them um, and have a little bit of an idea. That's really good advice. And And I would sort of piggyback on that. 
you have an idea, but understand too that as the mentee, you drive that relationship. And I think that a lot of times people think if they get a mentor, that this person is now going to create a development plan for me and develop me. Nope. That's not what this is. This is you're driving that. You may create your own plan, but it's, you know, it's up to you as the mentee to sort of reach out. You have something to talk about. The mentor can't read your mind. I think mentoring is a long-term commitment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to build an atmosphere of trust. And you need to, um, you need, the mentor needs to, to really take the time to be a meaningful mentor. And, and you need to build up that relationship as well. So you've got to have really good communications on both mm-hmm. sides. So everybody knows what they're going to get out of the relationship. You know, it can be a give and take relationship. You're going to be able to contribute to the mentor as well as, you know, receive good advice and information for the mentor as well. What can we do to position ourselves as mentors to others? Like how, how can we how can we do that really well? I think the first thing is is you need to remember what it was like when you were in their shoes. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you need to be able to relate to them. And I think that also you need to have patience and um, and have a, a good understanding and have empathy with them. That's the key to being a good listener and communicator. And uh, when you are a mentor, you have to be a good listener. And, and mm-hmm. that is so important. Um, and, and if you are a good listener as well as a good communicator, then you're going to be doing it well. I mean, many times people aren't coming to you for advice or knowledge. They're coming to you for validation. So you need to just listen to them and give them good feedback and validate or give them, you know, constructive advice based on what it is that they need. And it's listening to understand, not to respond. I'm just going to throw that in there. Um, you may have a response, but really as a mentor, you're just trying to understand where they're at so that you can position the experience that you have that might apply. Very cool. Any other hot tips you have for us on mentoring in learning and development? I would just say I would challenge the audience. If you don't already have a mentor, then um, look around you, you know, within your organization or within your space. Um, maybe go out on LinkedIn and look at some of your connections and just reach out to somebody. I mean, right now we're all communicating virtually. um, And so we can't have that real cup of coffee, but you can certainly reach out to somebody and connect with them, you know, send them a message and just see if you can have a chat with them. Um, And, and that's a great way to start. Um, Everybody needs mentoring and we all should, um, should take advantage of that, especially now when we are um, all apart and um, it's an opportunity to get closer to people. Awesome. Well, as we are wrapping up, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions that I ask all my guests. And so the first one is this, how do you align your passion with your work? Oh my gosh. Um, well, my mm-hmm. passion is my work. <laughs> I mean, I do things that I find interesting. And uh, since I'm self-employed, 
um, I pick and choose what I'm interested in and what I want to do. My current mm-hmm. passion right now is immersive learning. So I'm out there finding the opportunities and doing things and trying things out. Sometimes I'm not totally successful. I got to tell you, I'm sitting um, in Animal Crossing. I'm still sitting at orientation um, <laughs> because I, I, um, I, I am not really great at computer games. Um, I love being in, in virtual space but I um, get distracted too easily in computer uh-huh. games. So yeah. um, I try to, to, to do things that revolve around my passion and try to involve other people. Um, and I do that by being involved in my community, being involved in, um, actively involved in different organizations and participating in those organizations. So you also have one other passion that you didn't mention, and that's, Pez dispensers. <laughs> you want to tell us just just quickly about? I know that doesn't really align with your work necessarily, but tell us about your Pez dispenser passion. Okay, well, I'm actually kind of taking that that passion down a bit because I am going to start moving that over to some other family members. But I started collecting Pez dispensers when I was a little girl. My dad was in the military, and we traveled a lot, so. We um, basically were told that we could have a box to put stuff in, and and if it didn't fit in our little box, then we couldn't take it with us. So I loved to have um, Pez dispensers because I could line them up. They were very organized, and my box was filled with Pez dispensers and books on the King Arthur legends. Ooh, I didn't know about that one. Now I have, in my office, I have a lot of Pez dispensers and I give people that come to my office Pez dispensers for their children or for themselves, just because it's something fun to do, you know. Yeah. Um, but I have lots of toys in the office. I also have a lot of Star Wars memorabilia in my office. And I'm also a big fan of women's professional basketball. And I have a whole wall of memorabilia from women's professional basketball. I love um, Houston used to have a, a team that won a number of of championships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also follow women's college basketball. I love the Baylor bears, um, basketball team, the women's team. You're so well-rounded Debbie. <laughs> Immersive learning, Pez dispensers, women's basketball. I think that's fantastic. And star Wars, throw that in there too. Um, I didn't know about the King Arthur one. We're going to have to talk about that another time. That's for another podcast. What is the message that you would like to get out to our listeners? What do you want them to remember? It can be topic related or not. Yeah. I'll say on the topic, um, like I said before, I encourage you to think about either being a mentor or finding a mentor for yourself. Um, it's a great and rich opportunity to either share your expertise and help new people who are coming into our industry, or if you are coming into the industry and you're building your career, then it's a wonderful way to do that. And, you know, it's not going to take a whole lot of your time. It's And it's something that you can do that gives back to you, whether you, you know it or not. It's just something that could be something simple. And I'll just tell you, I got an, an email today from somebody who I helped um, mentor, and I, I got them a scholarship to a virtual trainer online workshop. And I got an email from them today, and he was so thankful um, for the support in his education and his career advancements and thank me for uh, having 
trust in him and and getting him the the opportunity to attend the workshop. And he said that he learned lots of valuable lessons and he is looking forward to using that in his career. So he sent me the certificate and I replied back to him and um, was asking him a couple of questions about what he learned and then also how he's going to apply what he learned. And Mm -hmm. we'll have that conversation. So, you know, it's, it's little things like that can make, that can make such a difference um, for you as a mentor or to have somebody who can be your um, supporter and who can and be there for you and, and just help you as well. I agree wholeheartedly. How can people connect with you if they want to after the show? Certainly. So I am um, out on Twitter. My handle is C-R-E, the number eight, I-V as in Victor, I-I. Um, that's creative, I-I. Uh, and then I'm also out on LinkedIn, um, and you can find me there, and you can look for Creative II there as well. That my name of my company is Creative Interactive Ideas. Um, I named my company that because I wasn't sure when I started it whether I was going to do learning and development or if I was just going to do some other fun things. And mm-hmm. I've just been able to do so many different things um, uh, over the years that it's been a joy. And um, I would, I'd love to, to talk to people. You can reach me, like I said, on, on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect with folks. Well, thank you so much, Debbie Richards, for sharing your thoughts today. And thank you so much, listeners. Watch for another episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast soon. Peace out. Thanks, Betty. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Debbie and Betty Danowitz, and we thank you for listening to Train to Win, the podcast produced by the Association for Talent Development Houston Chapter. Be sure to visit our website, tdhouston.org, where you can subscribe to the show. You can also uh, check us out in iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast. You can subscribe right there. A subscription would really be awesome because that way you never miss an episode. And if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or Simply tell a friend, a colleague, share us on social media. This is Bruce Abbott. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on Train to Win.